welcome to the ECG podcast, a show where some East Coast buddies and today a West Coast buddy who have never met in person gather remotely once a week to hang out and discuss our love of video games. On this week's episode for the week of July 31st, it is our very special Last of Us Part 2 spoiler cast. I'm one of your hosts, of course, Chris Waterman from Jacksonville, Florida. And tonight I'm joined by George Arevalo from Miami, Florida. What up, what up? We've got Zach Cassell from Boston, Massachusetts. Cam Newton has officially touched down in New England. <laughs> and we have a very special guest this evening, uh, not from the East Coast, as I mentioned at the top of the show, but from the West Coast, Seattle, Washington. Please welcome Charity Gage. May your survival be long. <laughs> welcome, Charity. Good to see you. You are a fellow slug. Uh, which is a affectionate name for fans of RKG and Prepare to Try. Um, we met on the Facebook group. It's gl- glad to have you. Um, yeah, I know you're a super fan, so it'll be exciting to have you here for the spoiler, spoiler cast. I'm well, also a Seattleite, so I have lots of insights into this game especially. What Fantastic. Chris meant to say was, and your death be swift. <laughs> may your death be yeah. swift yes in the perfect uh, world <laughs> yeah <laughs> fantastic well uh welcome to the show charity um we are as i said doing a spoiler cast listeners so if you have not finished the last of us part two and you do not want the game to be spoiler spoiled excuse me we're going to be talking about uh the game from start to finish so pause this podcast save it for later you have been warned okay so let's jump right in. Uh, we're going to go roughly chronological. We'll probably bounce around a little bit as it's appropriate. Um, starting with the prologue of the game, we uh, we begin our journey in Jackson. And we uh, get a quick recap of the events of Last of Us 1, which I thought was done pretty, uh, you know, in a pretty well done way that didn't seem insulting, you know, for people that played the first game, but like kind of served a nice story purpose of going, all right. Joel is telling Tommy what happened and so that Tommy's up to speed. And like also, in case you forgot, this is how Last of Us 1 ended. And then we kind of jump right in uh, with Ellie in uh, the, the morning following, uh, you know, the cutscene that we saw in the lead up to the game, the dance. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later, how they kind of reshuffled uh, that into the game, um, but beginning her patrol. So we'll jump right in there, guys. Um, what did we what do we make of the uh, prologue and um let's 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 jump right into it who wants to go first all right first of all the uh, game is a 10 <laughs> agreed <laughs> yes i i would probably agree as well um i uh, i likened it to george uh when we we're talking like you know kind of vaguely um i think it is the godfather 2 to godfather where i feel like the last of us oh, for yes. a lot of people like will have maybe oh, the prestige yeah, really, like, right? Like, I think Last they're of both us, masterpiece movies. They are, uh, but they're very different, right? In terms of structure, and I think that there's a, a hardcore fan base that prefers two to one, um, or finds that you know two is the superior movie to one. I'm one of those people, but one because it's got like the classic status, you know. And I'm talking The Godfather and Last of Us both um, inches it out for you know some people, but uh, but yes, I agree with your ten, um, and. Sounds like Charity did as well. George, um, you know, roughly speaking, like, how, how would you rate, rate this? I am, I, I'm going to come off as a little bit more critical than you guys probably Go by for the it, sounds man. of it. It's, it's um, to me, it is an excellent game, a great 
game. I for me the first one is a masterpiece. This one, because of its story and narrative, I don't think it's it it was as strong as the first one, and that's what makes it fall just short, like a nine point nine 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 nine, just because okay. of that. Yeah, and we all have different tastes in storytelling too. So yeah, so that's just also, this just me. For yeah. me, um, and we'll get into it, you know, mm-hmm. more as we go on. But my thing is, I, and this is more of a personal preference, right? It's like the first one that I felt like was surprising, like you know, it, it was a lot of twists and turns. But for me, after the very first bit of the game, like um, say the the death of of Joel, I in my mind already predicted how the story was going to go and I was exactly is that a bad thing? I don't know. But for me it was like I figured like I figured out how the game was gonna go story wise, like too quickly for me. Like I felt like it was a little bit predictable, but it doesn't mean that it was bad in any way. I thought it was great. Um uh, yeah, that I is know my we could only critique on it. Yeah, really. we we will definitely find like some other times some other parts like dig into that. But like I, at a certain point, I then was like, "Well, I have no idea where the story's going," yeah. and I loved that feeling. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's get into more detail me, about what point yeah. I started being like, "Well, I can't predict it. Let's go. Let's just, you know." Yeah, so, so I, I, I don't figure. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, like, George. Sorry, it was just like, uh, excuse me, that where they when they killed Joel and left everyone else alive. I'm like, all right. There's going to be a purpose to this. There's going to be a reason to this. I see well, there's a purpose to everything in this game. Right. But, but I figured that's what game. it was. I'm like, this, yeah. I, I, like, I just immediately knew Abby. I, I, to me, I was, had somebody or some loved one, someone was, was slaughtered at that whole, at, at that thing. And that's where, and it's, it's got something to do with that. And they're basically been hunting this guy down, you know? Um, so we'll get we'll get into it, but that is the only thing that was just short because I felt I just I felt more surprise and more like shock in the first one. So that you know those are those are good emotions that I like in a video game and in a narrative that I didn't get here though. This game was excellent and the gameplay was better. You know, um, it, it was an excellent game. This just for me when I'm comparing one and two. Um, you know, for me, my experience with one just edges it just barely though. Just yeah, one is certainly disc- a tighter game too, right? Like, sorry, Charity. Um, like one's more tight, you know, in terms of like the structure. It's a yeah. shorter game. It's a more straightforward Much. story that has uh, kind of twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Um, where like I feel like two is maybe a bit, uh, you know, more like dense. yeah, dense and like predictable as you say, but also like I think right. it, it's it's suspense versus surprise because and we'll get into it what they do with the narrative structure of the game, even though you kind of know like where the story is going to go to a large degree, it's what was more surprising to me. It was like how I felt about people at certain key points in the game. Um, but yeah, but I'm sorry, charity, go ahead. Uh, you were, you were starting to say something. Yeah. Um, well, I now I forgot what I was going to say, but on a related topic, you know, before we then start going into talking about the the game, uh, the first game is like a mini series. The sequel is more like a longer, like n- novel, more of a t- television series, like 
you know, kind, kind of the way it feels. But, uh, oh, yeah, now I remember what I was going to say. Disclaimer, I did not go into the first game blind. I only started playing it a year ago, and I had watched mm -hmm. Let's Plays of it, like, in the months before I decided I actually wanted to play the first game. So, th but the sequel, I went in completely blind, had only seen some of the trailers and E3 things, but beyond that, I played it day one without knowing, and so that was a great feeling. Yeah, agreed. I was remarkably, uh, you know, like unspoiled on this game, despite all the stuff floating around the like the internet. I was very careful. Oh, yeah, I saw no spoilers, but then again, Same. you know, I'm I'm usually more stuck within like my specific Facebook groups or something, and those ten the ones I'm in tend to be with people who aren't going to do that. <laughs> aren't jerks yeah that's good well yeah. let's uh let's jump into the uh like the plot proper so uh as i think george touched upon in the prologue uh we get joel's death um and we see jackson you know as a fully functioning place where we kind of got like a very brief glimpse in last of us one of like what jackson like we we see the dam and then of course like we see the town kind of from a distance but like in part two it's a very real place um you know that's functioning and like after our kind of tour of that and ellie's patrol uh we get joel's death um and you know of course our introduction to abby like right away they kind of plant those seeds of like playing as that character um what did you guys make of that like were you kind of um uh, taken uh, by I, surprise by jumping right into abby like at that yes. kind of prologue yes i was um and i've been posting my videos of my playthrough to youtube so you know you can check that out if you want to see like hear my actual reaction but i was like wait this woman looks familiar and then i'm like oh she's the buff woman from that one teaser trailer <laughs> because that was the only time i'd ever seen any and heard anything of her ever so i was raring to go i was excited to learn about her i was all in it and i was all in it for actually the entirety of the game i'm one of those people who are like i understand the laws so to speak of this game world i'm going to go into every character's story with an open mind you know and yeah that just surprised i was expecting that to happen so soon and i was like we had never heard anything about this character ever since that one teaser trailer which ended up being one of the coolest cutscenes in the entire game it's all one shot we'll talk about that later um but yeah that it was a cool surprise uh, i don't know about the you know like everybody here but like my hackles were immediately up like i was immediately suspicious like I oh i had suspicions too for sure yeah they kind of do a good job i think of like planting the seeds of like mm -hmm. this person's not here to do nice things to people that you care about in jackson and it was off-putting to be in the like the driver's seat like for those things what did you, what did you guys think george and, and zach i i uh man i thought it was uh at first i was like oh really like I want to play more of Ellie, you know, like I wanted more of her story. Like her story was like, uh, like, like it felt simple, like it's just a simple revenge story. Like, are we going to get more to this? But, but I was pleasantly surprised. I, per, uh, after it's all said, I enjoyed it. Oh, you're sorry, uh, thought, George. I, I don't mean to cut you off. You're, you're breaking up uh, pretty bad there. Yeah. Sorry, man. And we can, yeah, and we're talking about the context of her first and her just first the beginning part. Yeah, thing. we'll get yeah. we'll get to her section a little bit later. But like, yeah, just mm -hmm. the 
the opening of like right in the prologue like so we we jump almost like immediately over to abby um uh first of all uh we got uh robbie bobby miller hopefully not too concussed has just popped into the podcast here um joining us from baltimore maryland hello robbie bobby miller hello we yeah, are, oh, oh, you sound concussed. Okay. <laughs> he always sounds concussed. Though, uh, yeah, yeah. That it was interesting. Yeah, I'm here. Yes, good man. I hope you're well. Uh, you're at a good point. We're just talking about the prologue of the um of the game here and uh, discussing specifically jumping pretty quickly from um Ellie to Abby, like before you've really gotten started with the game. Um, so Zach, I'll go to you really quickly, and then we'll circle back to George. Um, and oh, then... George is back, so he can. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Is this any better? I'm I'm always trying different like headsets and stuff, but I don't know what it is with. Yeah, you sound way better now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's like, uh, a stutter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I enjoyed Abby's arc a lot more. I'm sure we'll talk about it as as the as the show goes on. Um. So I I thought it was cool at first. I definitely had like a lot of like trepidation with it. I was like, ah, I don't know that I want to just play as someone else. You know, it's not what I signed up for. But uh, but they did an excellent job with her, and and, and even made her, in my opinion, more compelling than than Ellie, um, story wise. Anyways, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I yeah, I'm to- in total. Long story short, I'm in total agreement. You know, people are like Team Ellie, Team Abby. Uh, what about Team LB? I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she had uh, cool too, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And Zach, how about how about you, man? Like, what did did it shock you to to be in her shoes so quickly? And like, did you kind of get the suspicion that I got, where like mm, I think she's up to no good? Yeah, like I I wasn't as um um really as taken aback by it as as some other people was. Like, they threw me in her in her shoes, and I was just like almost like. It was just like a transition for me. Like I was just like, oh, like I'm I'm going to a different part of the story now. Um, it, it it was never like, oh, I have to play as her after what just happened, and and and, and not, not, nothing like that. So uh, for me, it it, it wasn't. Um, I I didn't have that kind of um, thought process going into it with her. But um, it, it, if we can double back real quick, are we are we going forward? Because we like. Joel's death was huge. Oh yeah, we're so that yeah, was gonna yeah. once once yeah, uh, Bobby offered any thoughts, I was gonna definitely uh you know like use that as sort of a, a Wait, springboard. Joel died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it is a full spoiler cast there, uh, Bobby. So I hope you're yeah. you're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I can never tell with hours. Bobby. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think Bobby's just uh, fucking with us. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, yes, I played it twice. Yes, yes. Nice. Yeah. So, did you? Um, were you shocked that we switched characters so early in the game, or uh, did were like you kind of just like along for the ride? I yeah, I was kind of just along for the ride. I got to a point where it became slow at some points uh, with Ellie that I felt like it was going to do some kind of different thing, but definitely didn't think Abby though. Which I enjoyed, but so we'll get uh, to the like the yeah. midpoint of the game, like where that kind of happens. But I mean, even just in the yeah. beginning, like we're talking like the first couple hours, the like first kinda... flashback or flesh. No, not even that. Like so, if you recall, like the game, like when you uh, 
you know kick things off as ellie you start your patrol and then like you boom you're in the snow and you're with this strange woman who you don't even know her name and you're with owen on a lookout and you're looking at jackson and it's very clear that they're looking for somebody and you have a pretty good idea who that is and um, yeah my you know. my brain was either tommy or joel it couldn't be anyone else you know yeah like who else do we know there yeah. that it would matter mm -hmm. to us if they were looking for if it's steve and the and the butcher like you know like <laughs> Who fucking cares, right? Like, so yeah. Um, yeah, or you know, the bartender, the tipsy bison, you know. <laughs> yeah, if he died, like, that's fine. That guy seemed like a dickhead. So, <laughs> oh, Seth, the bigot, you want some bigot sandwiches? How about yeah. a bigot sandwich in your face? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah the, the, ban the banter between, like, still talking about like that beginning part, like the banter between like Ellie and Jesse and everyone was great. And I remember when I replayed the first game before the second game came out, I was like, I wonder if we're gonna see Maria. And like, bam, there she is. Good to see her. Got to see she's still kicking and running things, you know? Just just as spicy as she was in the first game, which is cool. Like Ellie also, yeah. I don't know if you guys noticed, had Sam's toy in her room. She yes, did. that yeah. It's so yep. heartbreaking. And oh Starlight God. poster and comics. Yeah, I thought and, that was pretty cool. She kept it and, that whole uh, time. Yeah, and in my new game plus playthrough, which I only got to see all day part three through the downtown area um but i was taking more photos and i zoomed in on the cork board that's over her bed and she has a drawing of callus nice she drew callus another callback i didn't the, see that on my first right? playthrough yep. horse from yeah rest in peace callus you know dropped by david's men Yep, and uh, in the winter section of part one that's yeah that's awesome i did not notice that so i have to look look uh on you know my next playthrough um, yeah, I used photo mode to zoom in on what, what our pictures and drawings were on that cork board. <laughs> good, yeah, good shout there. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of detail like that that's like just superb. Like those little touches that are like the naughty dog, you know, magic. Um, before we get yes, to Joel's yes, death, everywhere. let's quickly <laughs> talk about our introduction to some key characters. Um, so we get Dina and Jesse are probably like the two biggest or most prominent characters that are introduced in this, uh, um, you know, prologue right and um let's, let's talk about our first impressions of those characters um i will go <laughs> go first uh i was a little bit suspicious of jesse um i thought for sure like he was gonna be you know acting like oh it's okay that you're with my ex but like in reality he was gonna do something i don't know to to be an asshole like i don't know if i thought he was gonna do something really mean but like i felt like he was at some point going to be a much bigger prick than he turned out to be. Um, and then like Dina, um, I did not think that she had like any of the sort of toughness or loyalty, like, um, like, you know, cause all I had to go off of was like that E3 cutscene that, you know, again, like we'll talk about later, it's like reshuffled into the game and, um, kind of like your first conversations. I thought for sure she was going to turn out to be, um, you know, not like a disposable character necessarily, but like, way less of a you know tough loyal friend than she turned out to be so um you know i think that's a credit to like how naughty dog develops their characters that my first impression of both of those people um as i got to know them like was completely you know by the end of the game like yeah I'm different so how did you guys feel about them like on first touch um i think everyone needs a dina in their lives <laughs> yeah that's true she is an absolute treasure she as well as talk about later another certain character who helps out with abby's story those 
to you know not to name names yet you can still name early names. okay it's spoiler Lev. cast go for it Lev yeah, and yeah. Dina. Lev and Dina are the heart of both of those sides of stories and you know i'll defend them with my life and then dino's also it's really cool to see like you know a bisexual character on top of all the other representation we get in this game and um but yeah she was just wonderful and her actress did such a great job and um i just like immediately liked both jesse and dina like i knew jesse was you know uh messing with ellie and it's like you know oh, i know that i personally wouldn't like if someone was because i'm terrible at catching sarcasm i have friends mm. who can say sarcasm with a straight face and i'll be like you're joking right like i don't do well with that but i knew what jesse was doing because of friends i have who are like that you know um and i i really really liked liked him um but unfortunately just as i you know he checks a lot of um who will die in an apocalypse film um, boxes. So <laughs> say I was not surprised about his fate, but he checked a lot of the boxes, but I was glad that Dina, you know, our, our the queen Dina, you know, makes it through. So she, right. she was George one of my favorite Zach and, uh, <laughs> Oh, same. 100%. Yeah. Like I, I would agree with that. Like, but she's like a Samwise Gamgee, you know, like just kind of, the anchor yep. there holding everything together um george that's Zach a good analogy i approve as a lord rings fan i approve <laughs> <laughs> i mean i was uh i was whatever about it i was just like i mean there, i didn't have any i didn't give it that much thought man i was just like i just need to you know get back into the story of this game need to see what where this is leading i didn't have much uh much of a thought um you know into the early introductions i thought that uh that dina was just gonna be like uh i didn't think that it was gonna be anything serious uh with her and ellie um <laughs> from from the start so i didn't think that sh that uh, that they would have such a such a big role in it um so i just didn't think much of it but but i you know i liked them i liked them both i didn't i didn't think anything bad or like good you know i wasn't suspicious or anything like that yeah my initial thoughts uh of the both of them um almost the same as george um i thought um yeah, I didn't. I didn't think Dina was gonna have as big of uh, a part in the story, uh, or why? I, I, what, what is his name? I'm drawing a blank, and we just Jesse? said it, Jesse. Jesse. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much oh, I highly thought of him. And uh, <laughs> I, I thought he was gonna be more of a um, guy that was gonna, you know, maybe be on a, a job or whatever we were gonna do in the beginning of the game or something before I had known. And was gonna be a more save himself kind of guy, and uh, you know, pleasantly surprised with how he turned out. And um, yeah, that Jackson mind mindset of you know helping others. Yeah, and then I'm I'm you know uh, again pleasantly surprised with how entrenched Dina was into the story as well. So um, yeah, my like George first thoughts like. Cool two new characters. Don't know too much about them. I'm I'm more focused on Ellie at the time, you know. Uh, but they're more my peripheral at the at the time. Their their introduction. Yeah, they both help to like kind of set like a window to see Ellie through. You know, like you learn about them, but through learning about them, you learn more about Ellie too. And that those kinds of characters are always great. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. 
Uh, Bobby, did, did you want to uh, add anything before we get into the the big death of Joel in the opening of the game? I do, but it has to do with Jesse uh, later. Um, but I, I liked both of the characters at the start. I thought Dana would be around. Right, got it. I don't want to go forward. Children. I, I'm just glad. Yeah, shh, Quinny, shh, I'm recording. <laughs> One a wild, a wild child has entered the. Stop. Just the with the ladybug quietly. <laughs> this uh, is the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this like is what cameo. happens <laughs> all the time. If it's not this, it's the air conditioning fan. But uh, yeah, but I, I like Dina and Jesse at the beginning, and I'll, I'll go more into it later. But I enjoyed their little, their little intro. God damn it! I mean, darn it. Yep. Okay. Yep. Sorry. I'm... <laughs> You're all good. Never change, Bobby. Um, okay, so let's let's jump into uh, to Joel's uh, death, which you know was uh, not unexpected for me at all. Like it didn't shock me. Like the brutality of it was like you know like ah uh, like this sucks. You know, especially like viewing it through kind of like Ellie's lens um, and seeing kind of the pain that she was experiencing. And I think it makes it all the more difficult as you go through the game and kind of see like, you know, the journey that they had recently been on, you know, like their relationship. Um, but it, I wouldn't say it was wholly shocking, right? Um, didn't mean it didn't suck. Uh, it certainly like uh, made me feel very strongly about uh, Abby and the people she was with. Like, I was like, all right, I can't wait to fucking kill these people, which, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into a little bit later. Like, um it's something that changed like you know immensely like once once we swap perspectives but um it was a very brutal uh you know death like a very visceral and um you know i thought like again uh well done in like a naughty dog kind of way where like that moment is pretty pivotal for you know uh setting you on your journey as ellie for the path of revenge um, was anybody here surprised by the fact that Joel died? I'm just curious, first of all. I uh, Yes and no. Like, I had a feeling that something bad was going to happen. Um, given all the laws of the world that we saw in the first game, the brutality of it didn't surprise me. And honestly... Um, him dying, especially him dying the way he died, made the whole revenge story that had been advertised through all the trailers and whatever make a million times more sense. I'm like, yeah, this this is a good reason why Ellie would do what she um, says she wants to do. And I'm glad that I personally was um, not spoiled about it. I wasn't surprised when it happened but I wasn't spoiled and it made the story just make way more sense. And it was like every, every, just like in the first game, every death happens for a reason. Plain and simple. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, as surprised that it happened. I kind of assumed it would. I was more shocked at when it happened. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting it to be that early into the game. Like I wasn't expecting uh, his death to be, you know, the chain of events that sets off yep. what is to be Same. the entire game, um, and I think a lot of people were expecting that too because that's this is where the you know the big outcry of the game came from. Like this is where everybody's problem really stemmed from. 
And then those people probably stopped playing after that, and they didn't keep going to find out that we get tons of jaw material in the nah, flashbacks. No, nah, I mean, uh, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people went through and finished it and everything. Like it was, but like it, it was because I feel like a lot of people thought that they were going to almost um, mirror Last of Us One, where you play as Ellie the whole time, then they never advertised. Well, I'm sorry, The Last of Us 1, where you play as Joel, and they never advertise you playing as Ellie because it would have spoiled something in the game. So I think a lot of people like wanted Joel to be a, a major part of the story, you know, with you, running around, doing all that, like they teased in the in the trailer. That was an awesome switch, by the way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was so they could keep all these other characters and their huge roles a secret. I totally get it. But, you know, like from the very beginning as soon as I booted up the game, I was like, I have a bad feeling because in Last of Us Part 1, we play as Sarah, and then she dies, and then Part 2, we start the game controlling Joel. Yep, I think I know where this is going. <laughs> and when yeah, Joel says yeah, his we... name with Abby and that look that she gives, and she's distracted when Tommy yeah, tries dude, to... When everybody say, hey, lifts their head... I was just like, yep, I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. He said, my name's Joel. They lifted their head. I, I I knew it was coming. Like, all right, let's go into this real quick. Because the scene was like a master class in acting. It was unbelievable. Like, I was on the edge of my seat watching this because, one, I'm super attached to Joel. He's the fucking man. Um, two, uh, I knew, I mean, personally, I just, I, um. Uh, I'm I'm big into to um, like uh, voiceover and voice acting, so I was like, oh my god, dude, I'm not gonna hear more of, of as much as Troy Baker as I thought. Um, but I'm totally wrong. But I was like super invested in that, and yeah, I thought it was brutal. I I I would never expect that you know the character I played through that whole Last of Us one to die the way that he the way that he did. He died a very pathetic death and painful uh, prolonged like yeah you know. like 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 and i say pathetic like they made it like they made him feel pathetic like a, like he was a piece of shit like you're worthless and like you mean nothing their eyes, he was a piece of shit he, yeah I, oh man the second yeah, the, like, it clicked once you learn more you're like man. yeah it makes sense that they would be like that that's the I'm, whole thing about this world yeah um yeah man it, it's it I, I was all in for that scene, man. And then, and then Ellie, oh man, Ellie, when Joel was, when she was like yelling at Joel to get up and shit, man, was yeah. one of the best performances I've seen in, in a long time. I think the Joel death, like for me, like, so sort of crystallizes where, like I said, like, I think this is a game more about suspense than surprise. Um, I'll, I'll you know, I'll talk about a couple other moments that I think like kind of reinforce this, but like, um, where like Last of Us is like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like Last of Us 2 is I'm dreading what's going to happen. Like, I think this is a key moment where they lay all the groundwork. Like, you know, something bad's going to happen. And like, even in the moment of that scene where like, you know, like he's toast, like you just, you know, like it's, they're ended up in this place with these people that they're looking for somebody like this is bad news. Like they still kind of draw you out and they kind of make you as a player, like suffer a little bit like waiting for the shoe to drop and when it does like it's it's horrible so um and there's a couple yeah. other um 
Yeah, like uh, you know. So I will say that, but... that the people who call the game like torture porn or something or a suffering simulator, obviously, were blinded by the dark parts and didn't see how hundreds of wonderful moments there were. But... Not even that, man. the The violence fit the world to a T. Nothing about that I questioned at all. Yeah. Like everything the, about it. Was gameplay? They were eating it. people in the first game, man. Like this is okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Hot take here, but I mean, Joel kind of deserved it. If you, oh, I mean, yeah. if you look at from oh no, other, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you other. can make that argument for sure. Like I think that like you can you you see that perspective right away, especially once you realize why they're there. So I think that's a good point, George. Just like you know, do, like. uh if we take away our our affection for that character, like, you know, having played a, you know, entire game through his eyes, like, yeah, I mean, like, um, what he did was horrible. Was it, is his death justified? Right. Like, I mean, yeah. like, I think like you could and, say like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, is, absolutely. Dude. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a tough, tough one for me. Cause I don't like to ever put myself even with video games where like, um, I think someone like, like, like justifying someone's death. Right. But it's when you, when you think of all the things that he did, and what was done to him it's just like i mean no no surprise there i mean can you can you blame them you know i mean what he did i mean i love joel but he's a deeply flawed character right i mean he uh it was very selfish what he did and and a pretty pretty big betrayal of of ellie right of um, the world well yeah, I mean, yeah the the ending of the first game is still but her especially right later. <laughs> i mean could you could you imagine of having that that taken taken from you i mean how that must make her feel that that uh you know basically saving the world like her opportunity saving the world was taken so um yeah pretty awful situation all around and you can totally understand you know because joe would be doing the same thing if he were on the opposite end oh without question absolutely in in it, in it I mean, yeah it, he killed those two guys of david's when he was like you know go, go get my baby girl tell me where she is and i'm gonna kill you you know like and that wasn't the first time. <laughs> oh no! Oh, you yeah. can tell he's done that before too. But you it, know, the first time it was shown to us, the viewer. Sure. And you know, I definitely think that Joel knew. I mean, he knew this was going to happen. And I think that when Abby says "guess," when he asks who they are, I think he then, in that moment, based on the motion capture and the seat in the CG work they did, I think he knew exactly that they were the Fireflies. The look well, on his face, I, and then he's just like, "Well, just say whatever speech you've rehearsed and get on with it." Like he knew this was gonna—he knew someone was gonna come after him from any of the people that he, you know, he accepted his fate. It probably I, sucked I for him. That, to I wouldn't say he thought anyone was going after him. was gonna watch him die, but you know, I would say he thought he was cozy. And that's why he had no problem inviting these people yeah. in and saving these people I, and I'm telling his you. name to these people. And I think he thought of you was in the clear and not. To yeah, exactly. It's like, been four years pretty... since then. He thought he was exactly. He, he thought that was all behind him. But yep, then he just, but then, you know, he told them just get it up, get it over. With. Oh yeah. Like, as soon as, as soon as he got yeah. shot and did all that, he probably put two and yeah. two together. And then I think we all went going in thought, of course, if, if Joel's going to die, it's going to be from fireflies. Yeah, uh, revenge from the fireflies. But like, man, can we like jump real quick? Because like, when you find out like why she did what she did, which isn't too long after, 
right? If if I'm am I thinking correctly? Uh, it's after Ellie's Seattle section that we find out. Like you go through all of Ellie's Seattle stuff, and then it jumps to Abby. Oh um, man. As, as they're about to show showdown at the Pinnacle Theater, which is the Paramount, actually. <laughs> oh, man. But when you find out, man, like it clicks for you even more. Like it's so justified what she did, because like if if the shoe was on the other foot, it would be the exact same. And fun fact, the voice actor who voiced and mocapped, I think his name is Jerry, Abby's dad, was the same guy who voiced the surgeon in the first game and in oh. the, cause I remember when he first appeared in like the second half of the game, I was like, his voice sounds like the recordings on, on like, the voice recorders because I had just played the replayed the first game before the sequel came out. I'm like, his voice sounds the same, otherwise it's a really good impersonator. And then I was on Twitter and I saw a post that was liked or shared by Naughty Dog or Neil Druckmann or all the above. And, and I was like, Oh, did, did you happen? Did you voice the the doctor in the first game? He's like, yes, I did. And I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. It's the same guy. Those they guys are so obsessed with detail, man. Like that's, oh, that's impressive. Know? Like that they would go that yeah, length. To... So familiar. Cause how many of us <laughs> really notice? Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bobby, before we move on from Joel's death, man, like, do you want to, you want to weigh in? Um, any, uh, any thoughts? Like, did See, it... it's, it's, it's one part Sony's trailer versus how I feel uh, because of a part later. Uh, it was when Sony released their trailer, or I don't know if it was the second teaser or whatnot. They had, you know, someone come behind Ellie and put their hand over their mouth. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think the way that Sony did that kind of, that's why I was blindsided by the death because I avoided everything The Last of Us 2, only because I only finished The Last of Us 1, like, a couple of months ago. Uh, and I didn't tell you, having, uh, I have two daughters. So after all of that, and then this game, uh, I am Joel 110%. Uh, so it's like it, it, that I liked, but I didn't like how Sony teased the trailer, but did something different. That's one thing I have. Hold on. What? That's awesome. Oh, get, get used to it. That's marketing now. Like, marketing. Yeah, I mean, that's what makes me so mad. It's like stuff that's from a trailer that's not there. It's like lying. It's not lying. It's throwing you off. It's it's so you don't have story beats. Joel is with Ellie this entire time in spirit. Definitely not like the trailer. No. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's what made me bittersweet about what happened to Joel. This game, even if he's not physically there, in a good way, dominates in a good way. Not in like a oh, what about Ellie? No, she holds her own. But his presence is so strong. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I was, uh, I, I sadly didn't. I avoid ever since I knew everything from the first one. I, I wanted to avoid the second one as much as possible, as pos- as part of news. And it took me a while to beat the the game, but I enjoyed all of it. But it's, yeah, at least uh, you and I were yeah. ones who got to the first game much later than most people, because like I was saying yeah. that I first played it last year, but I had watched. A let's pl- few let's plays in the months before I because I was like, oh yeah, sequel's coming out, but I don't know if I'll play the first game. And then I was like, no, I will. Then I watched let's plays and yeah. So, so yeah, at I least you and I are yeah, really similar in that regard. That yeah. Well, that was the thing sure. is after I beat the first one, I went back and watched people's uh, when they did the reactions to 
And it was like, I couldn't even show it to my wife without crying with the, the first scene, the first intro to The Last of Us uh, because of our girls. But it was, man, I watched it way too many times. And that's when I fell in love with Joel. Because I will tell you, all those doctors, I, I shot them all. <laughs> no regret. It helped me. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. So I just wanted to put that out there before we switched and moved on. Awesome. Well, uh, so we're going to kind of push into, you know, let's as a whole, we can just talk about like the LED sections of uh, Seattle. A um, couple yes. things to remember, you know, we, we've got, a, you know, it's punctuated like with three different days. Um, you know, Jesse does show up at some point. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by the bait and switch, like with Jesse showing up. Um, that's when I yeah. really love that character, like for him to show up and be like, hey, like I'm gonna help you guys out like you know like this is like you know you could kind of see like all right like this is a group of young people that have bonded like and we may not have seen those bonds but now i'm really feeling those bonds like for him to travel all that way and to not be a dick and to accept dina's you know pregnancy and not want to like interfere and like you know help ellie on her mission like was was great um and you know we get a sort of a semi-open world you know feel to the game that i really really um enjoyed like you know uh the environmental storytelling is fantastic in these games and in the second one in particular um i don't know about you guys but i i kind of enjoyed like the uh the pace of being able to explore at my leisure um and having a little bit less linear stuff yeah you you liked it as well charity especially being from seattle being born and raised here i haven't you know i haven't like visited or extensively visited like all the neighborhoods, you know, um, cause I don't have a car because I live in Seattle, you know, it's easy to like bus and walk and whatever. Um, but I, I was so happy to see that the Seattle stuff was broken into three days, you know, because that meant that I had even more like great stuff to kind of explore and then compare to the real world equivalent and be like, that's not exactly how that looks, but I get what they were going for. Or, okay, that is like a spitting image, or I recognize that mural. I recognize this. I was geeking out so much. How'd they do I, overall? Like, since you're a Seattle uh, native, do, you, do they do well, a pretty not, good job? Not very many video games take place in Seattle. I heard that, um, what is the game called? It's some superhero-ish game. My brother. Infamous. Yeah, infamous. Um, that apparently takes place in Seattle. But like, my brother was like texting me and stuff. He had binged the game in like a whole weekend, so he could like avoid any spoilers. And we both agreed that like this is the most accurate res- representation of Seattle in any video game. I would say it's one of the most accurate representations of Seattle in any fictional media because you go like all these films that are so called set in Seattle. They're all filmed in Vancouver. So it's just nothing the same. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I was I was geeking out, and I'll I'll mention things as they become applicable as we go through like the days, like because yeah, I mean like in the downtown core, when you get that kind of more open world feeling, I saw the the Seattle downtown library. That's that weird angular glass building that you can't even get into. I recognize that right away, and all the street names were the same. 
but you know it's a video game so everything's scrunched down yeah of course like it would be nuts like to actually have like one for one but it's good to hear that they you know did it uh justice um yeah and there was the bombing that you know the feds did to kill infected and all that so tons of buildings especially in the downtown core just don't even exist period um and the did you enjoy the open world like aspects of it like walk just being able to kind of walk around and go into different buildings at your whatever order you wanted and yeah of course i did and i love the use of the map of when you're exclusively in the downtown area like even though that feature is only in the downtown core where it has little markers and ellie marks them off and stuff i loved that i wish we could see more of that but i understand how that could not have been really feasible for the whole game but it was a really cool feature and i thought it was a really good use of like oh a map with points of interest and blah 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 because you know it's a physical map that ellie like unfolds and marks with marker and stuff like they at least did something fun with that like tried and true kind of gaming um yeah i thing. agree 100 percent. like i i think having the tactile map was was fantastic um george how did you like the the kind of the semi-open world stuff that's probably one thing i don't think you and i have talked about much even off mic i i enjoyed um I thought it was a like refreshing change of pace from from the prior game to just kind of pick uh, the order of looking at things. Um, still, though, uh, from just my own bad habits with games is that I struggle with open world sometimes because I feel like I need to inspect and look at everything and leave no stone unturned. Especially in this game, where like you know some of the things that you pick up, the collectibles that you read, are, you know, kind of provide some nice insight to um, the world at the time. You know how everything went to shit. Um, but you know, sometimes I like the like linear games because I can just kind of go through the story and just keep sto you know story and just stick with that. Um, and I found myself like not being able to progress because I wanted to go into every building and everything and look at everything. Uh, so I think yeah, it was cool. just I get uh, that. I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima right now, just for the last few, just over the weekend, and I'm still in Act One, and I feel like I'm like gonna get all the cool shit before i even finish act one because that's just how i am <laughs> uh. yeah I was, I was the total opposite feeling of george man like i I'll, I'll let you continue but i just wanted to say like i i thought going around getting all those collectibles and exploring all those different places was awesome just because i thought the the, the environmental storytelling and all that was incredible so like i wanted yeah. to learn as much about that world as possible it's like one of the only games where i read every collectible that i picked up like everything about that world man i was just like when i was in, when i was playing that game in i was consumed by it it was i wanted to know as much as possible because like yeah you learned some awesome stuff like uh i even yeah. i even wrote one down that i remembered it was um so one uh i don't know if you guys remember a story and then collectibles about a guy called boris oh yeah boris yeah. the best mm -hmm. clipper killer in the qz yeah, he 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 ended up killing everybody in his thing who who turned on him and everything and and like you, like like you would never like get that story if you would just walk through there and 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 didn't pick anything up or didn't read it. Yeah. Like if you're just the type of person who just picks collectibles up to collect them and doesn't really. Yeah, that's that part of the Hillcrest section. That was really well done. Uh, a couple of good 
things to mention. So we learned in, in this section that Dina's pregnant, which was, uh, you know, a huge surprise. Um, so I think it's definitely worth, uh, you know, talking about because it adds a wrinkle into the story. She's suddenly not able to help you for, um, you know, the latter sections of uh, Ellie's Seattle story. Um, but we also get like some really cool uh, moments like Ellie's guitar section that I absolutely loved in the record store. That Take on is- me. Yeah, take on me, which, you know, is seems like you could miss that, I guess, if you're not like, you know, I mean, I don't think it's easily missable, but it's certainly missable. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to mention those couple of things, the things that I enjoyed. I missed it the first playthrough. I'm did you? Lie. Okay. Yeah, I, I did because I didn't realize you can go that far left. I didn't know how open world it was going to be after riding the horse in the first part. But, uh, yeah, I, I missed that. And then. The second playthrough, it gave me the trophy, and that's when I realized I went through. Correct. You said you missed it too, George. I didn't quite catch that. No, no, no. I, I didn't. I didn't miss that. You know, okay. like that's the thing. Like to to kind of touch back on what Zach said is that I like doing the side stuff so much. That's why I hated it. <laughs> like, is it like it? It made me. Oh, gotcha. I read like, that totally like, wrong. Yeah, like I enjoyed going to do the side stuff because it was so compelling. It's just that, like. I just sometimes I wish I could just go, you know, a couple hours of just straight story and keep, you know, keep it going. It's just like I always it was like so like I created that suspense in myself because I would put it on hold to do this other stuff that was still pretty good. Um, yeah. It's just like, that's Thankfully, not have, you know, yeah. um, but but like ultimately. Like going back on topic, I thought that that whole uh, that's where you start to really get to know what's going on with uh, Dina and Ellie when they exchange that because i think dina tells her that she's pregnant after ellie shares that that she's immune um Mm -hmm. so it's like they're exchanging that they're they're building that that bond and it's 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 a little unclear like how close they were before this um but obviously like their bond like just you know this is after the sex scene too right yeah yeah it grows like jackson yeah, like it grows like by leaps and bounds during these couple of days where they're, you know, all this is happening. I was thinking that like Dina was infected, you know, that something that's why she was slowing down and having a hard time. And she was trying to like, you know, keep it together as long as she could. Um, so I definitely didn't see it going that way. Definitely. That was a, a surprise for me um, that it would turn out to be that. Um, yeah, I was surprised by, by that revelation as as well. Um and was surprised that, well, not really surprised that Ellie finally had to like tell someone close to her about her immunity. Um, but like, uh, and this is all after the whole scar situation and the, you know, the news station yeah, so and all of that. First, so right? like, like we have, all, yeah, we have a lot of stuff to double back <laughs> on, but did in, on like, before we leave, like the downtown core section, did anyone else find the Doctor Uckman card? Yes, Neil Druckmann. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, it looks Dr. like Doctor Uckman. Yeah, I did. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was cool. Uh, I, I every they, time, every time I pick up a card where there was like a pretty normal sounding name of like the real identity of the superhero, I was like. Is this a naughty dog um, employee? Maybe you know. Like every time I see a real like person's name on, like for example, when you go to like 
the museum or you go to other places and you see like, oh, here's all our donors and there's like names of regular people. I'm like, how many of these are Naughty Dog employees? Like yeah, I'll, I'll always like there's be a lot thinking, for sure. Like I will it, always be thinking of in that like same with like when you pick the firefly pendants in the first game, I'm like, they're actual like Easter eggs for like naughty dog employees or something. Like I'll, I'll they, always be fun, having that in the back of my head. They poke fun a little bit about the crunch thing, which like I was a little bit, I thought that was a little cringy personally. Like, you know, like they, they, they kind of make reference to like the crunch. Uh, Sadly, crunch is part of this culture you know with how things are done sadly no sure but like on, on druckman's card or dr uckman like they they make reference to the crunch like which i was like i don't know like uh, it's fine for me but i'm sure some people are not going to appreciate that, <laughs> that joke um so uh, i appreciate you know them taking the uh i guess the rolling the dice there taking that chance um so in seattle we get the WLF first, like we get our introduction, you know, on the other side of the table to to that faction, as well as the uh, Seraphites, which I think are the scarier of the two groups, like in terms of like dealing with, especially like when you get the whistles and stuff the first time. Whistles are going to give me PTSD. We're going to give me PTSD after the first real encounter. <laughs> how did you guys like the the two factions and sort of how they're fleshed out in the early part of the you know the game in the first half? Oh, I mean. Oh, sorry. I've been talking first. I thought it was really interesting, man. Like, I was really surprised that this game was not about the infected, like, almost, like, hardly, you know? Like, this was more like, um, you know, that this game was in the setting of this this post-apocalyptic world where... the issue you're you know you're dealing with the infected you know like that's what it seemed like you had more to worry about in terms of other like the living were you know were more of a, a concern right um so I, I thought it was cool i mean the wlf um you know it's like a paramilitary uh, high, a firefly hybrid they were pretty well organized i thought it was going to be more like a local militia but it seemed like you know it was, it's it's a much bigger thing uh the seraphites i thought were weirdos uh, until obviously, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about it soon when you meet, you know, uh, Lev and and Yara. Then, then they just paint the picture of that just you know weird and uh, cult like. But but it's not that simple as you as you'll learn. You know, I think they're both cults, man. No matter it, like when you when it comes down to it, like sure, like one one is like your typical. Um, you know, culty, you know, paint, paint the pictures and, in in the raggedy clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, you know, but like they both abide by a single ruler, right? They both adhere to a strict code that's set down by that ruler. And they both will utter a a chant to each other before going off on a mission or something, you know, they they both spread around their propaganda to try and get people to join their cause. And and like it's it's like a, a warring factions. It's like it's just two cults when going at each other. It's like it's it's just it's it's crazy that we call that one a cult, but not this one because of the way they dress. Literally, if if the if the um the scars dressed you know 
militarized, we would call them a militia. If if they, you know, it's think, yeah, mm-hmm. it's an interesting point. Like, it, uh, it take, yeah, like, and there seems to be a realization later on by Abby that like that's kind of the you know the thing, right? Like that's a, a pivotal moment for her where she's like, "Fuck both of y'all." Like, yeah, like, like you know, like Lev, you're you're my people, Lev. We'll get into that moment uh, later, but um, so good. <laughs> but like yeah that's um that's a good point zach like I, I hadn't really thought about it that way but like you're you're i don't think you're wrong um well, i mean ellie who is a complete outsider when she first he- learns about the scars like in that news station section she's just like everyone here is a fucking psychopath <laughs> and like when you first see the murals of their their profit you know and it was like when we got to the place it's all tripwired which some people like i'm in the face last of us part two facebook group some people think that all those explosive traps are set by the wolves but when i first came across them i was like i think that these are scar traps because we've never seen these anywhere else and now we're all of a sudden seeing their paintings everywhere and when you go to the back of a truck to like bypass um the traps there is a you know a painting of their prophet and i the first thing i noticed was how the neckline of her top created a very particular symbol a symbol i had not seen until that very moment which we then see again painted in blood in the news station and i was like that almost looks kind of like a bloodborne rune or something, you know. That's standing out a little too clearly for my tastes. I should keep that image, that symbol in the back of my mind. Like just the foreshadowing. And I when we got to news station, I made Ellie like work her thighs hard by crouch walking through that entire place, just expecting the scars to come out and attack us. And when you saw the bodies outside, and you're like, oh, Tommy did this. And I walked up to a body before going inside the news station. I saw an arrow sticking out of one. I'm like, no, 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 no. That that's not Tommy. That's an arrow. He doesn't use bow and arrows. He's a rifle guy. <laughs> Big red flag right there. So yeah, yeah. They was, do a good uh, job they, building up the dread of the scars. Like when they the finally, station, well, I was just like crouch walking and just like really nervous the entire time. The tension was too much. <laughs> Which is I jumped out of my fucking skin the first time you get shot by an arrow. It's like a scripted moment. Um, Yeah, in Pioneer Square, that (laughs) that freaked the fuck out of me. Yeah. Oh my god! Like oh whistles. (laughs) And I I think like there's a cool compare and contrast you can do with like Jackson as a place versus like Seattle, like in the game. Like you see like how those people are like, and you know I think it's an it's it's an important part of like who Ellie is ultimately. And I think it's, you know, uh, it can't be overstated that that's probably a large part of why she's able to like forgive. Right. And like get ultimately get over, um, you know, her, her hatred is like the environment that like she was raised in. And I think it's, you know, uh, Abby not being a native, like they're both kind of outsiders in a way, you know, uh, to like the Seattle scene. Um, it probably anything, has a lot to scars are the m- closest to a native population in Seattle because they were born, so to speak, out of the lower Queen Anne neighborhood. When you're in the su- in the subway in the link light rail to actually call it, when you're in the subway area, you find a co- like a a tip about finding a code to a locked door. And if you flip it over, it's a newspaper clipping. 
And that's where you learn about their profit. And she and a bunch of survivors after Corsips hit were in Lower Queen Anne. And later when you get to the island, you learn it's Upper Queen Anne. We'll get into that later. It was a big, you know. So they were born and bred in Seattle, even though we see throughout the game that wolves did defect over to them. So they're now hodgepodge, but I digress. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I, that I didn't yeah. catch off the like. So there's a lot of stuff that like, you know, is by the nature of the game, like um, like where they're kind of feeding you information that doesn't mean anything to you because you don't have the context yet that I think I'm really going to enjoy the second playthrough. So, yeah, it's like, hmm, this is I can flip it. <laughs> um, so uh we you know eventually get to um the big standoff right like after jesse shows up and then it cuts to to abby which is like a huge um I, that did surprise me um and i assumed that we were going to get that quick flashback with her and her dad and maybe like when it got past that even like you know and it started the next section where it's like i'm like oh well we'll catch up to um you know her in present day seattle and then like that'll be it so i was shocked like when it was like you know a whole se like second act was uh was abby but i thought yep. it was so crucial to like what they're doing in the game to show you like you have to walk you know several miles like literal miles like in her shoes um and uh yeah like that transition was one of my like in retrospect like one of my favorite surprises about the game like where it all kind of played out um everybody here like just generally speaking probably just a surprise like or did somebody have that spoil yeah, yeah. i and when it after the flashback you know and of course did the panning shot of you know saint mary's hospital i'm like oh shit i think i know what this means now you know and then we get through flashback and then black screen seattle day one i was like holy shit yes because that up until that point i'd been saying like you know because as you go through at the hospital and you go through other places as ellie you hear overhear people talking about abby and i'm like what's abby gotten herself into what is going on there's a whole other thing going here and ever since jackson i wanted to learn more about her so i was on board i was like Let's go in, let's do this, let's take our time, let's learn as much as we can because I didn't get anything really about the scars and I bet we're gonna learn all we need to know here and I was so right and I'm so happy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I was totally on board with, with being her. Uh, I, I, th I thought it was super cool because st strictly off of what happened earlier, like. I, I feel like the game wants to try and like teach you to forgive as much as it's as much as like it's trying to you know teach Ellie to forgive and like the whole game is about um, you know forgiveness and 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 moving on and all that and mm -hmm. and I, I almost it's it's like that they're trying to invoke those same emotions like from the player like can you forgive Abby after learning about her you know her yeah. road to where she is now and and I thought man like when you that whole that whole scene opening in in um salt lake city where that where you meet ellie will not meet not not meet ellie where you uh gain control is abby and like you go through that whole area and like you meet her dad and which i thought like that whole moment almost that whole scene man was like so powerful like i feel like that was 
that was this game's like giraffe moment to me it, because of like it, that's when everything clicked like mm-hmm. right before that where you see what kind of a person her father is and you know um the kind just the, the his good nature and yeah to to learn you know like that and uh, beautiful like beautiful yeah and you know hindsight's 2020 like if marlene had listened to jerry and had not told joel that they were going to go through with the surgery no one else would have had to die the fact that marlene at the end of the first game tells him that's when he's like oh i'm gonna go fuck shit up and then we never got a possible vaccine or anything like it it's it's difficult and Really quick, I want to bring up what my friend Brent, who was not able to join us, um, one of the thoughts he said, which is applicable to this, if that's okay. Yeah, go we'll have yeah, go Brent's words speak for a moment. Um, to play, so it says, decision to play this Ellie, then transfer over to Abby to go through the three days again, took a lot of guts, I think, but set up some amazing motive and allowed players to see there is no black and white or good and bad in life. We are what we experience in life. Yep, I think that's that's definitely uh, you know kind of the point they're making with like uh, putting you in the uh, you know Abby's shoes. And uh, you mentioned like you know this is the giraffe moment. I have expected Zach to see a giraffe. Like I thought that's what they're going to go for. <laughs> oh, we're going to see that same group of giraffes, like but from a different perspective. But I'm kind of glad that you know it went deeper than that in a way because you have like the injured zebra and you see what a tender oh, caring person. As deep as that barbed wire went into that zebra <laughs> okay yeah. yeah exactly it was just laid out like what kind of a good person like good-natured person like that he really was <laughs> and uh sorry george what were you saying man I, I know you started to say something oh yeah i mean yeah he was good-natured but like like anybody else they Everybody has their agenda. Everybody has their flaws. Good people can have bad ideas, just as bad, pe- just as bad people can have good, good ones, you know. But you know, if he was honest about what, if he had shared all that, you know, with Joel, with Ellie ahead of time, you know, instead of basically hiding the fact that they were going to basically kill her for the greater good, maybe Marlene think- told Joel all that. I'm, I'm strictly speaking off the purpose of like now you know why Abby did what she did. I know, I know Marlene told him, but I'm saying had the doctor said all that, had he like been more forthcoming about it instead of wanting to like keep it hidden, right? Because he wanted Marlene to not not do anything, uh, and not say anything, and keep it and keep it quiet, right? So I mean, I think to yeah, like because he wanted to avoid exactly what happened. To, right? It's, yeah, it's because he's like, yeah, this girl is probably like you know like a daughter to joel and i have my daughter and what would what would i want to do you know like it it's it's His, very complicated but knowing what you know about ellie yeah. you know and had he been forthcoming with both of them say like had a meeting with the two of them at the same time and told them what like told them what it was you know there's no way that it doesn't happen there's no way that ellie you know does you know, decides to do anything but uh, then go through with it. Without- yeah, but I don't think I don't think Joel yeah. still wouldn't would not have allowed it. Yeah, but I just don't see it going down like it like it. Ended yeah, up. I mean, yeah, and we saw through all those flashbacks earlier, like with Joel and Ellie and Tommy and everything that like, yeah, it's just so complicated, you know. Like I see yeah. both sides, and be- because it's a piece of fiction, 
I can be super open-minded and understanding of things that I may or may not even agree with, you know, like, yeah, but um, like the doctors, like, that's like the one case where you have to be like, if I'm ever going to forgive somebody for doing anything, it's, it's sacrificing this girl to save all of humankind. Like if, if anybody's going to make a questionable decision where you have to be like, that's the one questionable decision where I'm going to have to be okay with that. That's it. That's the decision you have to be okay with. But then when Marlene asks him if it were Abby, he doesn't answer. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, 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 Abby, that's, and after that's, Marlene leaves the room, Abby comes up to her dad and says, if it was me, I would have you go through with the surgery. And Ellie's the same way. So they're the same person. So it's it's just, it's, it, I, I wouldn't blame him if, if he didn't tell anybody and like, whatever. In a different world, he did the surgery. Like, in no way, shape, or form could he be blamed. Yeah, it's it's still debated to this day, and the sequel just brings those conversations back up to the surface stronger than ever, you know. But at least it does put a lot... I loved seeing how intertwined the, the two games really were. I was so glad that there were even more, like, connections, and that it wasn't just, like, some standalone story. Yeah, I think you almost had to do that, right? Like, because there were those hanging threads from the first game. And I think that the events of the first game, like, are so defining for, you know, Joel, but especially Ellie, you know, being a, you know, a young adult still kind of developing and like learning who she is and, um, you know, having a very unusual, unique life and upbringing and journey. Like, like, yeah, it's, it would have been disingenuous, I think, to disregard like what happened in the first game. Um, so I agree with you there. Uh, I did want to, um, you know, touch on uh, the fact that the second act to me is like the world's like biggest guilt trip. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> As you learn about all these people that Abby's close to, um, in particular, you know, Owen, like I will say, like, you know, uh, as much as he's a cheating piece of shit to some degree, like, He's got a very endearing relationship with Abby. Um, oh yeah, like I don't like even though I could tell that his and Mel's relationship didn't really have much of anything to it, you know. Like he was like her his fallback girl off of Abby, you know. Um, but he would have been so much happier if he had just left the wolves, if he could do so safely and just lived in that aquarium and just been you know taking care of the boat and everything he would have been so much happier instead he he had to stay with the wolves until he couldn't take it anymore and that just shows what kind of a person like he was he was a good-hearted person and those flashbacks just made me like you know like oh he would have been so much better if he just never got involved with the wolves like he was not made for this <laughs> and the argument too with that you know with abby as well like she is kind of partially responsible for his downfall a little bit i think like he you know really just wants like a normal life and like that comes across like you know when they first discover the aquarium um you know that like he just doesn't seem to have a lot of interest in training and like going on this path of revenge and being part of the like you know he, he kind of out of necessity like joined up with another group but like yeah you get the impression that if he had his way he would just chill you know in the aquarium and tinker with the boat and you know kind of just like have christmas like you know like like so many moments with him where you're like 
this is a guy who's content with a very simple, you know, life. Um, and then he wants to go find the fireflies, you know, in Santa Barbara and, you know, Abby obviously is like, I wronged this guy. I spent so many years training to become a killing machine to get revenge and ignored what was right in the life I could have had that was right in front of me. And now he's dead and I'm going to go find the fireflies in his stead. Like it just. So let me ask you guys, do you think he. Person too. Did he want to find the fireflies like because he really wanted to find the fireflies or did you guys get the impression that was sort of a way for him to like get out of Seattle? Because Seattle seems shitty. Like I always kind of took it as like this is a way he can go elsewhere like with a purpose versus like elsewhere like without a purpose. I don't know. What do you guys think? No, I definitely think that he wanted to find the fireflies because he actually believed in the fireflies cause and he was invested in the fireflies and um, found a purpose with the fireflies and you know with the um wlf you kind of felt like just a, a cog in the machine uh like if if he died it, it wouldn't matter to um you know the the wlf's greater you know mission um and with the fireflies he felt like he he had a place and you know there was you know, unity amongst them and, and and yeah i definitely feel like it wasn't I, just a, a way to get out i i feel like he used that with with Abby as a means of like similarities, like let's, let's go do this. Let's go back to where we, you know, to what we know, to what, you know, is, is safe yeah. to us. Like when we were not, he even said it, I think he was like, we're not meant to be here. And, yeah. And he's like, what, what happened to us? And like, maybe we stopped looking for the light. I think he realized that he and Abby were losing themselves in the hunt for Joel. Yeah. Um, and he wanted to find purpose and, or, or in, she in was blinded by revenge. Of, yeah, and try to try to find, uh, like, kind of get back um, that moment when and when things were okay, which is when the fireflies were were active. You know, and they're trying yeah, to like, re recapture that. Like that scene, right? Like that scene, rescuing the zebra. Like that's that's the mentality he wanted to go back to right before everything shit the bed. Like that's what he was looking for in the fireflies. Like wherever he was at in that moment, like was his tranquil spot. Yeah, and like Manny and Mel, they both had different levels of reservations about what happened in Jackson. Like, for example, Mel was totally on board with getting revenge, and she even wanted Ellie to be and John, Tommy to be taken care of. She's the one who says we can't have loose ends. But she does say, like, yes, I want revenge. I should have done worse to Joel, but I wish I didn't have to take part in it. Because she's a medic at heart. Like, she, you could see the pain on her face when they like shot his leg and everything like she wanted revenge but she felt icky about it but she didn't regret it you know you got all these other member ex-members you know you got nora who is like had no qualms no regrets whatsoever about it abby obviously has regrets because her nightmares don't stop and um oh when and nora was like yeah no like, like your, your dad screamed like a bitch like, i was like hey, oh you're dead not let's not kill ellie and tommy you know like, because then when you first flip over to Abby as Seattle day one, you see the Joel death scene from her perspective and you can actually hear the conversations amongst the others. Like Jordan is all against killing, was all for killing Ellie. Mel was for killing Ellie. I forget what Manny's point of view was, but Owen was definitely against it. Um, pain on Abby's face when she's like that conflicting emotions when she's looking at Joel's body and then she's just like 
enough, we're done, and her nightmares still aren't over. Revenge didn't help her. It's the same position that Ellie may find herself in and she, if she continues it. So they both have the same overarching plot, but they're at different points in that journey. Like Ellie's working her way towards where Abby started the game. So, but yeah, you see, they talk a lot about Jackson after the fact that it's definitely sticking in their minds. Yeah, it's had an impact. I mean, it's obvious. Like each of the characters has kind of reacted to it differently. But, uh, but yeah, can I say that, I love that Manny was going to be watching Princess Mononoke? <laughs> Yep, I yeah. picked up on that as well. Yeah. The girl riding the wolf. And I'm like, I know he's because earlier he says, like, oh, this is, you know, drinking drinking alcohol and watching anime is better than this or something like that. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's the only thing he could be talking about right now. <laughs> he's a weeb. No, I'm kidding. Yep, I, I, it's funny because I just watched that like maybe a week prior um, for the first time, so like to yeah, getting to that scene. So it's like, I understand that now. Um, so I, I, two things I want to touch on before we get to like the interlude and finale of the game. So, uh, just on a lesser part, the rat King boss, like the, the nasty, disgusting pile of like, you know, different infected, like in the giant blob. Boss. <laughs> I know you hated it, man. Um, it was I, I a it was... full boss. If I ever seen one, like... it was, yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, that was, was like the most gamey of all the game moment. Like that was the most gamey moment of the game. Thought I was playing fucking Sekiro or something, man. Like fuck off, thing. Like, <laughs> I I was surprised that I only died a few times. I probably might have died more while I was trying to run away in the first part. But yeah, just like keep crafting those incendiary shotgun shells, you know. Like, but I that was, was just ground, cool that was like ground that. zero for the Seattle outbreak. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I'm gonna I fucking face something. Hospital. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as you're descending down and you're just like, oh, I, nothing's working. The power's out. I'm like, what kind of fucked up shit is waiting for me down here? You know, yeah, like, that, a low roar vibrates behind that door, and then you come back and it's broken open. And there's this bloody mess there, and I'm like. <sighs> <laughs> what fresh hell is this? I and then that, that parking garage, which just looked like you know the a scene from like Resident Evil Two, uh, Resident Evil Two uh, remaster, like never, you know, like <laughs> Mr. X comes marching in. <laughs> yeah, I I like enjoyed it, but like I also kind of like you know with the critical eye, like you know, in me is like. I felt like they were just trying to outdo like the bloater, you know, like from the first game a little bit, like, and just like, well, what can we do to like, you know, it made sense like narratively, like it was relatively well done, but uh, I didn't feel like it was entirely like necessary. Um, and, and shamblers were really not that big of a deal. Like I treated no. them exactly the same way that I treated bloaters. I threw a Molotov cocktail and then I did some shotgun shells. I got killed by a bloater uh, by a shambler, maybe just a tiny handful of times. But that was when it was like, for example, the close quarters bit while you're waiting for Yara and Lev to open that door. And like two shamblers come in in those ruined buildings. 
which oh my gosh, we're gonna need to talk about when we first meet Yara and Lev because that was amazing. So that was the other thing I wanted to touch on because I think it's crucial, you know, is Yara and Lev like as characters, like um, fantastic uh, storytelling, like representation of a trans character, like from somebody who's like a you know cis straight male, like um, like I love just how like organic like that revelation felt and like man like i like yara was fucking, a great ally yeah yara was a great ally but like lev i'm like i will fucking die for you kid you are such oh, a yeah, cool well, I mean, little yeah like she was useful to abby but i mean she was also a great ally to her brother brother yeah yeah, yeah. no i knew what you meant yeah 100 like oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but i i loved those characters but lev in particular was like a standout yeah. character for me um like I took think? that uh, screenshot um, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine where I forget what her name is, but she gets a dog and it's like, you know, I've only had, you know, it's for like two days without, <laughs> you know, anything really happened in my kill everyone's room and then myself. And I like replaced the dog's name with Lev and put like Abby's name over her face. And like, that's how I felt. <laughs> but their journey was, was, was great. Right. Like, uh, I, I mean, um, it was a, I think it was a, super important in telling abby's story and like kind of showing you how she's evolving as a character like by meeting you know these people um george zach bobby uh did you guys like love yeah i thought i thought it was neat and then like it prompted me to to kind of dig in and and love is actually voiced by a trans male um it's uh, awesome yeah so i mean it's cool to see that representation it's cool to see that those roles going to people who who you know can kind of live and breathe those experiences um you know obviously it's not something that i you know obviously that i'm too familiar with but but it was, it was cool it was done tastefully it took me a while to figure it out like i understand what i i didn't know you know like what love was you know like i wasn't sure and then once i started seeing the thing about the shaving the head and i was like oh oh shit oh shit like okay like you know like, I was yeah. like oh i see i see what's what's going on here and then and then that's when you start to, to to get into like the the seraphites being like this big like religious type thing you know um so it's tough it's tough you know and um yeah i thought that was done really well and added some some really interesting wrinkles uh to the game um and and, and made lev like a pretty important character and a pretty significant impact for the better of of of, of abby's life right which is which is great yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed them. And um, real quick, I just want to say Manny was on. Uh, there was like a big section where it was just uh, Abby and uh, Manny oh, going yeah, on man. a journey. And I thought I thought Manny was awesome. But uh, yeah. Le- the sniper section or? Yeah. Well, the sniper section and before that, like when you're in the car, like driving a patrol and you get ambushed. I think you, there's like that whole bit too. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Le- Lev and Yara um, were awesome. Uh, their their whole journey, like watching them, you know, teach Abby, you know, uh, almost how to be like human again, um, was was you know really awesome, and it it really painted her character in a, in a, in a new light. And watching her, watching Abby, you know, form this relationship with these people that she was you know just warring with um and and you know begin to see that that they're just people too 
and you know they just live a little differently than you do um but yeah they like you guys said like just so well done and and just really just brought so much like uh heart i guess uh to the story and yeah uh, lev was to abby that dina was to ellie like bringing the the heart and the you know the light side of things and i also thought that you know um their um uh, what's the when you're like their clueless nature like about the world around them like everything is like primitive to them almost was like yeah. <laughs> was, was kind of funny like you know there was just concepts and stuff that they had no idea and uh it was it was interesting like seeing that clash what's, of worlds and everything cool what cold rock? <laughs> you know like cold you mean cool what <laughs> oh can and i just say as somebody who fucking hates heights the buildings yeah. and the top. Oh, fuck that part, dude. Yeah, oh, like, <laughs> like honestly, like, before the bridge part, like when we're first going out with with Lev to get to the hospital, and we're going over like the the rushing water and such, and we're going to the apartment buildings. Like, I angled the camera down to be like, okay, can I drop down there? And then that's when I saw the camera starting to distort and heard Abby's increased breathing and saw her body language start to retreat. And I'm like, okay. Okay, Abby, it's okay. We're, we're not going to look down. I'm going to act as if I'm you. I'm going to just take a look. I'm like, okay, I can drop down there. Then I'll put the camera straight ahead and just jump without looking. I'm not going to, you know, like I got into our headspace. Like, we're not going to dwell on how far down it is. We're just going to eye it and then just go. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't have, like, I'm sure that I, I am afraid of heights, but I don't, but I'm not like that, but I feel like that's a really good representation of how it would probably feel for people who have a crippling fear of heights. Yeah, I kept thinking to myself, they're like, yeah, it was, it's, we, we use bridges. I was like, man, how are they going to do this? Like, where you can't even see that they're using these transports and like, holy yeah. shit, was they high up there, man. Like, like she said, like really like good representation because i've seen a, a couple people like in a but in a in a couple of different places saying like it, it was like they were deathly afraid to do that part of the game strictly based off of their fear of heights yeah and like when you first start out as abby leaving the fob to look for owen and you're entering the international district and you see the whole skyline of seattle in the sunset i was like there's no bridges in any buildings downtown up there. And then sure enough, we cross it. <laughs> They're made by the Seraphites. <laughs> like I knew something looked out of place and you see it, you can go there. <laughs> yeah, I, that was terrifying. Like I, I hate heights like IRL. So like in video games, like, yeah, like at the, it did, did that justice for me, like of like just that absolute petrified feeling i fell off a building on one of my crossings um towards the end there and i was just like i'm sorry <laughs> yeah i had to give abby a pep talk as i was playing <laughs> like it's okay it's all right just keep look going keep looking forward so you'll get through this <laughs> and lev tries to distract her by saying so what's up with you and owen <laughs> <laughs> he did that on purpose to distract oh, yeah. her. Yeah, it was a perfectly timed, like, 
you know through fear i know my true strengths so i i know we're gonna you know skip over a couple of moments like you know uh overall like you know yara's death and um the the death of why am i blanking on the leader of wlf is yeah Isaac. At least Isaac. Yara took out Isaac with her last breath. So oh, that, that was her. Her final moments were awesome. Like I was like, "Damn, she got taken out," and then like in her dying breath, like yeah. saved him, and Isaac she got died. lit up. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was overkill. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like lit up. Yeah, and then like every time a seraphite on the island would call out Lily, I'm like, don't you dare fucking call him that name, you fucking pieces of shit. And I'll just like blast them up, just like, ah. <laughs> like, yeah, the de like, dead naming, they definitely, I'm I think, bear, I'm a bear, you know, like, evoke some, uh, yeah, some, some anger for sure. When you learn the story, yeah, too, like, yeah. she found <laughs> out that she was going to be like sold, well, not sold, but like given to like, um, well, I think I forget. Yeah, yeah, like an elder. Yeah, and like she was gonna That's pretty much life. be like yeah. a sex slave. I mean, I mean like, to an Lev extent. Always, Lev was always like not identifying from early on, and Yara's like, you know, don't talk about it because you know how crazy everyone here is, and our mom will go bonkers, and you know. So yeah. he always he the always knew, village was you know. Oh, that was so cool! I love the new environment. It felt so refreshing. You know, I, I liked how hip, hip, you know, big, uh, like, you know, hypocrites they were like with, well, like there's an asterisk to like next to like we're old world, right? Because like, if we don't use guns when it suits us, like then we're probably going to get wiped out. So like right. that revelation was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, you know, as, yeah. The island is Queen Anne. Queen Anne. Because. Uh, which is a neighborhood in Seattle. And when um, I was like, you know, let's go to, or Yara says, let's go towards the tall tower. And Abby's like, you mean the space needle? And I'm like, wait, what? And I panned the camera up and I'm like, what? We, this isn't Bainbridge Island. Like I thought it was, this is Queen Anne turned into an island from severe flooding and maybe climate change. What? Like, Oh, so that's what happened. I was curious, like, as I'm like, Brain, like I was like, space needle on the Bainbridge. island. I'm like, I don't know that. It's gotta but. be Bainbridge Island, but then when you see the space needle, you always see it for that one moment because then there's the clouds and fog and everything. I'm like, holy shit, that means my neighborhood of Ballard is completely underwater by now because it's a lower elevation than <laughs> than Queen Anne is. That's a I've been to Upper Queen Anne. That's a tall hill. Um, Ten Things I Hate About You was uh, filmed in parts of there, but yeah, that that was an eye opener and. Which makes sense because cool. the prophet originally was in Lower Queen Anne, so it makes sense that they would create Haven there, and yeah, so yeah, that was totally lost on me as not a Seattle. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, it gets the Space Needles on an island, and I just didn't know that. So, um, so we're a city of hills. <laughs> yeah, one of these days, I'll make it out to like the. I've never been to the West Coast, so um, after COVID, <laughs> after COVID, that's right. Uh, so let's get into like the confrontation, like, you know, really quickly with uh, Elliot Abbey. Um, I was not expecting to be Abby in that confrontation. thought that was a cool touch. Oh, I, I got David vibes. And that was my most dreaded section of the first game. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were definitely evoking that a little bit. Um, if you guys had a preference, would you prefer to be Ellie or Abby? Like I was so torn at that point. Like um, I was just like, I hate that I even have to do this as either character. But yeah, I was like, stop it. 
Yeah, I, I was. I I didn't know where the story was gonna go, and I didn't want to be the one to have to do it. Like I like <laughs> I I was dreading that. Like I didn't I didn't hesitate when I was doing anything, but in my head I was like, dude, don't make it where like I have to like hit X, hit X, hit X. I was gonna be like, oh no, dude. And yeah, that was that was the thought going through my head during that moment. I was glad we didn't have to kill Ellie as Abby. That would have been shitty. <laughs> Yeah, and again, Lev is the saving grace here. <laughs> Eldina. Um, George or, or Bobby, Bobby, I haven't heard from you in a bit. Uh, do you want to add anything on the that fight before we get into like sort of the interlude in the end game? Bobby is asleep. I like to think that he's been talking this whole time and just didn't realize he's on mute. <laughs> oh, man. I guess he I was a bit too concussed. I thought yeah. the, the fight was pretty cool. Yeah, it definitely hurt doing it from Abby's side. Talking about the first one, right? The one in the... Yeah, in the theater. theater. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty intense. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Like, I, like I, again, I was being a little pessimistic. Like, when we switched to Abby... I'm like, shit, this is how it's going to end. Like, I'm just going to go through Abby's side up until that moment, and the game's going to end there. So I was I was pleasantly surprised when it was just like, nah, man, there's, there's still some more to go. So so I was glad uh, that it didn't quite end there. But, um, yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. it sucks the way Jesse went out, huh? Just a bullet to the face. I mean, yeah, same, happened, same happened to Manny with Tommy. I know. Just like, yep. But I mean, in yeah. hindsight, at least it's like the characters that we saw die in a split second before our eyes were characters who were killed by other named characters that we knew very well. And so it, there's it that kind of, you know, I think speaks to the authenticity a little bit of the game, right? That like not every death is going to be this like oh, long, yeah. drawn out moment. Like there are going to be those like, like you know, <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, it catches you every, off guard. Not every, not every death is going to be swift and painless either, you know. So, so yeah, we got that, and then you know after after the fight, um, we transition to the farm, right? So we see um, Ellie and Dina have settled out outside of Jackson. I'm not exactly clear how far, but I get the impression it's like not super far, like maybe a day's ride or something like that seems about right. Like, um, and they have a baby. Uh, is it JJ? Is that the name of the baby? Yeah, JJ. Jesse, yeah, could be um, Jesse Junior. Jesse Jr. Or, or Jesse Joel, some people have pointed out, or <laughs> you know, or like it's interpretation, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it seems like they have a fairly nice uh, life at first glance, and then you know, there's clearly some trauma still lurking there as we kind of get deeper into that sequence. Um, I liked that; that was a nice little um, you know moment to, to kind of like before you take the plunge I, I wouldn't have liked to have jumped right to santa barbara from there did you guys um like that that portion i didn't see yeah. it coming i i i didn't think that we would get a portion like this in this game um so yeah it, it was cool to almost just like see what life could be like in this world and and like you said obviously we got deeper and found out that you know she's still not okay and and all that but yeah it was it, i thought it was cool a little uh, uh you know nice little snippet that was different yeah at first i was like this has got to be a dream right and then as we're like sitting on the tractor with jj and singing the potato song you know <laughs> i was like i just want to can i just stay here forever please 
don't care if it's a dream. Let's just stay here. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was um I thought it was nice, man. It was it was cool getting a like a nice little break from everything. Mm -hmm. But it is also kind of weird because like man, Dina and Ellie, they still seem like children, you know, like kids. Um but you know, it's just like a testament to like how you know, you grow up super fast in that world. Yeah, you know, they're like probably 20 by that yeah, time. Because you know, like, like maybe a year has passed. Yep, they're super young, so it's just like... I'm 31, yeah, so I'm just like, oh, babies. <laughs> I have no interest in kids, so, you know, it's like... You do you, you know? <laughs> Life happens. <laughs> Um, I was gonna ask you guys something. Oh, Uncle Tommy, kind of a dick in that in that sequence a little bit, right? Like, um, I I wasn't too appreciative of like him pushing Ellie, you know, back towards like. I think he kind of knows he only needs to give her a little nudge because she's clearly not fully over like everything that's happened. But I'm like, ah, he's kind of being an asshole here, right? Like, after he got crippled and now his yeah. relationship with his wife is falling apart, he's obviously had the time to develop some bitterness over that year following the standoff at the theater. A year, No doubt. No doubt. But I just I thought he was kind of a, you know, he didn't seem to really consider at all like Ellie's position and that kind of like, I was like, ah, man. Again, I yeah. get where you're coming from and I understand as a character like why you'd feel this way, but I don't never saw what happened in that year, but that conversation just kind of told us everything about where right. these characters have been in that time. Yeah, yeah I, I think, mean, I think... Head, you know, he got <laughs> shot in the head. I mean, it's his uh you know, I'm sure he had brain damage. I'm sure he's not he's not himself. I mean, he's kind of, he's obviously messed up, right? I gotta assume that the issues with his his leg are, are neurological, right? You know. Yeah. Um, he was shot in the leg by um. Uh, was he? Left with an arrow. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's probably safe to say he's probably got some some brain issues too. So he's yeah, probably it's just fine. It's all you know? fucked up. I I think he very much had his his um. You know, Abby moment where Owen, you know, was wanted to be done and she was very much on a mission and you know ellie wanted to be done but tommy was still very much on a mission and you know i could i i totally i i get both sides like yeah man like yeah, you, you like, see the life I, you see I, yeah. the life I that understand. i built here you should respect that but at the same time you know we set out on a mission and and you promised me that you were going to see this through and and now you're just you're abandoning me and like you're my counterpoint he yeah, was and, he and was and trying so to convince her to leave it though right like you know in the theater before everything went down like he was like can you leave it right like yeah, but obviously that whole experience at the theater and having a year to kind of stew over Oh yeah, I think I think him getting shot and everything and and surviving and and that like he just wants revenge for himself now too You can tell that Ellie um, even without Tommy would still just be not ready to move on and him. Yeah, being but I, don't, I don't know if she would have went back. Yeah. I mean, she was not, I, I immediately noticed how skinny she looked just in the farm sequence. So when she makes the choice, Barbara, right? Like she looks so horrible. She is so skinny. 
girl. Yeah, I mean, she's she's clearly not, you know, well. Um, what did you guys think of the the you know the scene where she leaves and makes like kind of that that choice? That shit was one of the most heartbreaking moments for me. That you know didn't involve like a death of somebody. Like, um, you know, just watching Dina be crushed. Uh, Great acting. So, tough. Apparently, that scene was the um, audition scene for Dina's actress. Ooh, that's a rough one. <laughs> to have to muster up that that's pretty impressive um yep. <laughs> on that uh sorry awkward uh I mean, whatever <laughs> <laughs> i mean it didn't like I, I knew it was happening i knew it had to be done she had to do it um you know so i was like yep mm. <laughs> like I, I said that just predictable it was just Another thing for me for the game that just kind of like once you got a little bit of taste, you knew exactly where it was going to where it was going to end up, you know? Yeah, I think they did a good job. (laughs) I think they did a good job at like, yeah, you may have known like the 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 path it was taken, but like for sure, the sites you were seeing along the way, man, were like all like, yes, the execution of how however that however predictable the story may have been the execution of it. Flawless, you know. Awesome. The Santa uh, Barbara the, section. I was just like, no, yeah. no, no. I don't want to move the the stick. <laughs> yeah, we could we could uh, hop right into that because, like, you know, we're pretty much at the end game here. I wanted to talk about that and then like wrap up by discussing um, the flashbacks, including the final quick little flashback we get that leads to the longer flashback with Joel and her on the porch, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Santa Barbara like um, was gorgeous, man. I wish I, I almost wish that that section was a little bit longer and some of the other ones were shorter, just because I like the environment so much. Like, the um, infected were sunburned, yeah, <laughs> real bad. I, I they don't know like comic sense. <laughs> They're just like, oh, we're gonna just shrivel here. Just shows yeah. how shitty the world is too. That like, and, like no matter where you go, you're gonna have just that group of people that takes over and, and controls shit and the rattlers. Like, you mean, yeah, yeah, yeah like, it, it like no matter what. Slavery. No, slave labor. So at least they stood out from the other human organizations we dealt with. Which can I just say real quick? Then the first game, every human group we ran into felt the same yeah they had unique dialogue like oh talking about david or talking about oh let's go see who we can hunt for supplies now but in this game every group even the minor role the rattlers played all felt extremely unique to fight against and deal with i think it was more of a psychological thing you know like the scars used the whistles and bows and stuff and i don't know it there was just they all felt unique compared to the first game oh yeah i would I feel, I feel like they're all unique, but they're also kind of all the same. Like, I think it's just the, whoever's at the top pushes their own agenda. And I think people, especially in this in this environment, have a need to belong and be part oh, of yeah, it. Yeah, the tribalism. But I meant like as in being the player fighting against, like, I just got a different vibe from the scars than I did from the wolves, you know. Whereas in the first game, David's men, the Pittsburgh hunters, they all felt samey. Well, it's all in the chatter too. That the how they talk and and how they interact with each other while you're sleeping exactly, about yeah, or doing all that is, is what differentiates them. Not, like we can talk about like gameplay later, maybe like. Oh no! I, I was just gonna say. So you talked about psychological, um, 
like even though i knew i was as ellie was going to like kill abby and lev like you know once they get captured um i was so pissed at like those assholes that like um like i went super loud in that compound like i was like bring it on motherfuckers like that's like, yeah i weird. ran i unhooked clickers left and right you know <laughs> yeah, but uh, like that was the least stealthy i think it was in the entire game just because i was like i just want to shoot all you fucking assholes um and they were kind of feeding you ammo like i felt like you were kind yeah, of intended to be a little bit uh, hospital all over again where it's like yeah go loud sure you could just run you know there's too many <laughs> just before you storming that final compound was one of my favorite cutscenes too with ellie where uh you know she takes out um she's stuck in the snare and she takes out the the two rattlers i thought that was so badass like yeah that was an awesome you used moment. her immunity to like get one of the guys close to a clicker so it's like eh, i got bit whatever he's dead <laughs> Yeah, and she's just so like she hasn't lost her snark. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, so you know, of course, we get the the storming of the compound. Um, you know, for as short as that section is, there's some pretty decent environmental storytelling um, that happens. But uh, you know, that leads us to our our final confrontation on um, the beach between uh abby and ellie and you know we reverse roles in this particular confrontation where we're now in uh ellie's shoes we find a very emaciated um utterly defeated abby who clearly doesn't want anything to do with uh, any kind of conflict or fight she's just grateful to be you know off that uh sort of modified crucifix um and uh you know just cares about getting lev the fuck out of there um wow man this was a brutal like just like everything about like that environment and the fight was just like so gnarly yeah. and talk about not wanting to push x as uh sax said or move the sticks you know yeah. i was just like no don't do this stop it you know like because by that point i was 100 percent rooting for for abby i still love Ellie, of course, which is why I didn't want her to do this because I knew it was not in her best interests, you know? Like, people say, like, oh, but in the game, you're all wanting to just care about Abby and don't give a shit about Ellie. But it's like, no, I mean, killing Abby would not have helped Ellie at all. So it's in her own best interest for us to feel gross about this, you know? <laughs> I was, I was, I loved it. And, like, and it, it just showed that you know, nobody, you know, is safe in this world. Like to the character that you played the whole time as, you know, it's same with Joel and everything. Like, you know, just people are dicks in this world and, and, and no one's, you know, immune. And, and, you know, sure enough, they, they try and get somewhere safe. And like I said, there's another group that's just as bad as the one you left. And, but that scene, man, was, was so good because I didn't know, I was scared that one of them was going to die. And I was mm -hmm. like, man, like one of these people isn't walking away and I don't want either of them to die because I've grown to love Abby just as much as I love, you know, Ellie, which says a lot about the storytelling of the second game, seen as how I've had two games to know Ellie now. And it's, it was unbelievable. And I was, you know, really genuinely shocked at the outcome of it that at that Ellie was able to l let go and and I don't I don't know if she forgave her I mean I they kind of they kind of hinted at it with like you said with the flashback I, I feel like that's kind of you know 
I mean, like, to, to that to, scene to, particularly. Yeah, to quote the flashback, you know, I don't know if I can forgive you, but I'm willing to try. And also, it was her first positive flashback since Seattle. She had only ever been seeing his death since then. And so that would have jarred anyone. But yeah, I felt I was just like, no, don't do it. Like, once again, the game subverted my expectations. It's the it darkest moment, <laughs> too. Like, like the darkest moment for Ellie is right before, you know, she like finally kind of like is able to break the cycle. Like handing that, uh, you know, uh, hovering her knife over a helpless child, like Lev, like saying like, if you don't fight me, like I'm gonna kill him. Like that's about as deep as she goes down that hole. You know, like like, you know, uh, whether or not she'd make good on that threat, like you know, that's up for interpretation. I, I personally don't think she would have but you know who knows she'd gone that far um and Lev's not really nothing to ellie um except somebody you know who crippled tommy but uh but yeah like um i i love the integration like where you don't know in that moment what that flash of joel is and the way they kind of loop everything back to it i thought was just spectacular like like um you know where where it all comes kind of full circle and makes sense where like you know charity said like um, you know, that line of, uh, I don't know if I can forgive you, but I'm willing to try all oh, that makes sense. You know, once you, you kind of see that flashback, um, in its entirety versus that flash. Um, also, um, Abby had her own monster moment when she was going to get ready to kill, um, Dina, Dina? when yeah. she, when she was pregnant, she was like, she's pregnant. And she was like, good. Or what she said? Yeah. Something along those lines. Oh, oh cause the mouth. Good yeah, and like, Abby was okay, fully well, ready to butcher her, dude, right in front yeah. of, right in front of her. Like an so eye like, for an eye. But what a what a file! Like, works, you know, makes the world blind. Like, no, yeah. What a road she's taken, or a road she's walked. Yep, and you know, now hopefully Ellie can find that same path of redemption that Abby went on. You know, it's all about the choices we make. I did want to talk about the like the flashbacks as a whole. Like I, um, I enjoyed those. Like those were my favorite moments. I think in the game, like you talk about the giraffe moments. Like the museum was that for me. Like Ellie's birthday trip. As Uh, someone who loves space stuff and and had a dinosaur phase growing up, that the museum was a treat. Well, I I totally, (laughs) I totally take back what I said earlier when I said that that was the giraffe moment. I. This was definitely, you're right. This was absolutely the giraffe moment of this game. <laughs> I messaged Charity. I'm like, you haven't gotten there yet, but you'll know it when you do. Like, cause there was the Jurassic Park references, like, which I knew you were going to appreciate. And then like the NASA stuff, like the, the space stuff. But, but yeah, like it just so well done. And I think it was a great way for them to weave Joel into the narrative of like the yes. game without like having him actually like there. Like, you know, you felt his presence and his influence, you know, on, ellie like you know from like the memories and stuff but god those were good man and like you got to see joel be the dad that you know he could have been or wanted to be like to sarah and everything like, you got to see the you know the the dad side of joel and i i thought that was awesome man because you always you only got to see like the gritty you know take no shit joel and and it was awesome man to see that side of him and to see you know their connection and I thought that was so the man when she's in that when she's in that space shuttle and she's got the mask on and man that whole scene like that whole like you could just see there was like pure joy in her face. And, I actually uh, got to see the Columbia the capsule. 
it came to Seattle during the Apollo 11, Apollo 11 anniversary a year ago. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I recognized that. I mean, like, oh, that's going to be, oh, they get to go inside it. No fair. <laughs> yeah, I lived a half hour away from the Kennedy Space Center for like three years. So we used to go occasionally um, to, you know, see launches and stuff like that, which was always cool. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I think like one of the other cool things that like, you know, talking about subverting the expectations that they did was like making you think that like Joel and Ellie like kind of left on bad terms, right? Um, when you see the there's falling out when they go when she goes to uh, Salt Lake City mm -hmm. and discovers the truth, and you know, um, she's like, "Hey, I'll go back with you," but like, I don't really want anything to do with you. And then to kind of see the sequence with the dance hall, which I think is that like in, during the farm sequence, like that they show that flashback, and then it's towards the very end. Of yeah, the game, it's, the, it's the night before she then leaves for Santa Barbara. Okay, yeah, and then. You know, to later at the very end to see the final flashback where they kind of reconcile. He's got his coffee and he's like, I don't even want to tell you what I had to, you know, get to get. I thought that was a, a cute little moment. Um, you know, but also like to see them kind of not reconcile necessarily, but like there's that glimmer of hope where, like, you know, like, yeah, uh, that, that made me feel really good because it's like, okay, their last conversation was not on bad terms because the game first leads you to believe that their last conversation was at the end of that dance when Seth is a bigot, you know, um, because it's made so clear that Ellie just doesn't want to be like, she, you know, she still loves Joel, but she doesn't like it when he's always treating her like, you know, he's being daddy Joel, you know, and like not making her stand up for herself or make decisions for herself, such as at the hospital, you know, like it's that kind of, you, you know, um, but at least that was like, and it gave me hope. I actually ended the game feeling really hopeful, not depressed. Um, but yeah, all the flashbacks were, were awesome. And uh, what was I going to say? I, I know you had a bit of a, a, a different, um, you know, uh, take George. So I want you to weigh in in a second, but uh, go ahead, go ahead, Charity. I'm trying to remember what I was going to say, but yeah, the flashbacks were great. And um, I do want to say real quick that it made me so happy to see that Ellie was loved dinosaurs, loved space history and such as much as I do, and was a artist. I don't draw the way she does. I actually haven't drawn since quarantine hit because I have no motivation. But the fact that she's a space lover and is an artist, I was that just made me all warm inside. You know, made like I, I thought that was so cool. And the whole journal feature was really great. Yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, the sketches are really neat. Yeah, and musician, musician and songwriter. You know. Yeah, she's uh, she definitely a multifaceted uh, artist for sure. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like she plays guitar and um, you know draws or whatever. Um, uh, George, I know like you were like when like, when you were playing originally, you messaged me a couple times and you're like, kind of felt like maybe the the flashbacks were dragging the story or like killing the pace a little bit for you. Did you ultimately feel like that by the end, or like did you kind of uh, consistently like to quote? To quote the great Jason Tanner, yes and no. <laughs> uh, but uh, 
Yeah, look, some of the flashbacks I enjoyed. I enjoyed all the flashbacks. I didn't enjoy playing some of the flash flashbacks. I feel like it would have it would have helped better a little bit better with the pace of the game for my taste if I got like a you know a nice cutscene, a nice clip, um, and, and that was it. Like um, playing playing through some of them were was a bit a bit much for me. The dinosaur one uh, going into the the museum that was pretty neat. That was pretty cool, um, and I. I think that's where swimming gets introduced, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. So, at the beginning of that. Yeah. So it makes so it makes sense. Um, but some other ones were like I would have just liked to just see like a cut like a cut scene or like a clip of it uh, would would have been enough for me because like again the story while like I said predictable was very very good right and very captivating so I just I just hated taking steps backwards like taking a step back to to, to take a step forward um because it, you know it just seemed like it happened when like shit was getting really good you know like it was getting juicy and and now i'm going on some backstory stuff um oh, which yeah i'd say cool, flashbacks but, again, just my just my uh just my preference for for the pacing of it for me the flashbacks definitely helped mark the transition to the next like big section like kind of a little breather between the next shit show that was going to happen or, or something like that. And, and I'm the kind of person where as I was playing, I was almost thinking like, Oh, it'd be great. Like if it went back and forth between Ellie and Abby, but then by the end game, I'm like, no, no, it was better the way they did it because it would have told us too much too soon. And in hindsight, I felt all the flashbacks with Ellie and Joel and Tommy were put in the right places. Cause if they were put anywhere else, it probably wouldn't have been right. Like, it's one of those things where, like, in hindsight, like, I mean, it would have been fun if there was a New Game Plus feature where then Ellie and Abby, like, at Seattle Adventures would f flip between each other, you know, for those of us who've already played through the game once, but, you know. I kind yeah, of felt the Abby I mean, stuff. I, I, I almost wish the Abby section was longer because I had too much fun with that. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, a reshuffle thing would be cool. Like, I, I owned a copy of Memento, um, like, on DVD, like, where one of the Easter eggs was that it would, like, put the movie in, like, correct order, um, which was, like, a super weird way to watch that movie if you've, you know, ever seen it before, like, for the, the theatrical uh, release. But, um as we kind of wind down, I did want to talk about like the epilogue where we go back to the farmhouse and uh, everything is is empty except for, um, you know, Ellie's room of stuff. And we get one final guitar section where, you know, we, we have been disfigured and uh, can no longer play the guitar the way that we could. Like, you know, it's it's apparent um, from both the visual cues um with the chords that you can make but like also the sound um i thought that was super um powerful and i had read after the fact that you could if you look closely you can see that ellie's got a bracelet um on her um not the bracelet it's but the bracelet. little yeah which indicates that maybe she's reconciled or at least seen dina in between you know santa barbara and coming back to the farmhouse but um I uh I liked that. I thought it was such a cool like touch, like you know that 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 guitar section, just the way it sounded, like um really kind of drove home um you know the physical cost, right? 
um but yeah. also emotional because like the guitar playing is such an important part of the game or you know not important but like it's such a integrated part of the you know the game up to that point um what do you guys think oh i'm a terrible seattleite apparently because um that song future days is a pearl jam song mm-hmm which I didn't know until I saw some comments on a Naughty Dog post. Pearl Jam is a Seattle band, and yeah, the the, the poster in the music shop is the album that that song's from, and Joel would have been able to hear and learn that song before the outbreak because it was released on YouTube earlier that year, (laughs) 2013. Um, But it was a really, overall, the song was like a really nice, like, connect connection and it was really like at first i was super sad being like oh she can't play the guitar again now she's potentially lost dina and everything and everyone else but but i don't know like then when she you get that final flashback i i was filled with hope i actually walked out of the game in higher spirits than i thought i was going to some people are like, I beat the game and I'm just so depressed. And I'm like, I thought I was going to be utterly depressed, but I wasn't really. I actually have hope. She now has the power to make her own choices to start new life and rediscover herself after letting the revenge path go. And, and then as you see from the new main menu, you know, Abby and Love make it to Catalina Island. So... That's another glimmer of hope. Yeah, I was really. Um, uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm just. I was. I was pleased with the ending. I guess is the way to put it. Uh, seeing Abby, uh, you know, uh, I feel like maybe, like, look at her fingers and not be able to do what, you know, Joel taught her. You know, her, you know, the whole reason for this journey and everything and look what it's look pretty much like look some of me type deal and you know what have i you know lost and one of you know I, i'm just assuming you know that went through her head and everything she put everything behind her and i feel like that was a powerful moment just watching her you know walk away with the guitar yeah. uh, at the forefront like that and i i thought um you know symbolism of you know i'm i'm, I'm leaving that life behind i'm, I'm moving on and and I'm gonna, you know, like you said, start a start a new life. Yeah, it's just as open ended as the first game's ending was. So anything could happen in our own heads. Do we think sh- there's a chance of reconciliation with uh, with Dina? I, I would like to think, you know, think so. Me being the optimist, especially when it comes to fiction, you know. I'd hope so. It won't be an easy road, you know. Gain Dina's trust. But, you know. You'd like to think that there'd be a discussion and she'd say, hey, this is the outcome. Like, I feel like that might be what would allow Dina to kind of like let her back in. If she's like, hey, I went there to do this thing. But let me tell you about what happened. Like, maybe. Um, yeah, especially if you the, told her that she let her live too. Like I, 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 I gave up that path. Like I, I had my chance. I, she was dead. I had her dead, and I let her live. So I'm done. Yeah, with that. and and rescued her from like a exactly. terrible fate. You know, 
Um, yeah, because for a split second, it looks like, you know, after she rescues Abby, that she is indeed going to let her and Lev go. But then she sees the blood on her hands and then gets, you know, her PTSD flashback with Joel. And that's when then she's like, nope, wait, nope, got to kill her. You know, like she's being, she was being torn between like, she ran herself ragged. And, but yeah, it, it's, I, I want to be hopeful. Sure. Of these characters. <laughs> George, how about you? Did you, uh, how did you, did you like the ending? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, particularly with how the new title screen that you get after the game's over, um, you know, that's the same boat from before you beat the game, you know? Um, and it's confirmed that that's Catalina Island. It's all bright colors, too. Not the gray that we've been seeing for the past, like, 30 to 40 hours. <laughs> Yeah, so I think the the boat uh, kind of signifies that they obviously that they made it. Um, you know, definitely um, leaves room for for a potential sequel or DLC involving them, which would be neat. But uh, but I'd also be okay with the story ending there um, and calling same. it a day in the series. You know, yeah, same. Yeah, they could tell so many other stories through like fic novels and such too. I did see somebody suggest that a cool spin-off game like similar to uh the Lost Legacy, the Uncharted Lost Legacy would be like an uh you know, uh post Sarah dying, but like way before, you know, Tommy and uh Joel split ways and, and like show like an early like outbreak days with like Joel and uh Tommy to kinda like the stuff that they hint at through conversations, like um I was like, Yeah, I'd play that, I guess it's spin-off. Like you know, uh, to quote Tommy, I had nothing but nightmares from those years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they did some some crazy shit. So, like, I think Joel Naughty Dog, has. they've got the um, you know, the chops to like tell a compelling story that's you know complicated and nuanced. Um, you know, to kind of like fill in those gaps if they wanted to. And like, see a like, fire Firefly Tommy with Eugene. <laughs> yeah, yep. That'd be uh, that'd be neat as well. Well, uh, let's let's wind down uh, since this is going to be our regular podcast for the week. It's an epic length, so I apologize, listeners, and thank you for sticking with us. Let's quickly talk about what we've been uh, playing and plug anything that you want to plug, and let's get out of here. Um, Charity, since you're the guest of honor, I will go ahead and start with you. What have you been playing, and um, do you want to plug anything? I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima. I didn't get the game until a week after it released, and then I had to let it update, so I didn't get to start playing until last weekend, but really enjoying it. It's really up my alley for sure. And as a plug, I have a YouTube account. It's uh, Blitzgirl, all one word, capital B, capital G. I've been actually tomorrow on the 30th, I'll be uploading the final video of my last of us part two playthrough um and i have other playthroughs there too but i've only been doing this for a few months now so yeah very nice george how about you man what we've been playing i know the answer yeah, but... <laughs> yeah a lot of uh, ghosts of uh, tsushima um great game 
definitely enjoying playing it uh playing it all uh man it's one of those big giant open world horizon far cry style games but one that i like really enjoy doing all this stuff it doesn't feel overwhelming because it's I feel like the, the narrative and the character development is so good even for all the side quests and tales um enjoying that <laughs> yeah i can't wait to uh do a spoiler cast on that because i think we're all playing that very cool zach how about you yeah, I'm still also playing Ghost of Tsushima. The game is still awesome. Uh, finally on Act 2. Um, uh, I spent as much time as I possibly could, I feel, on Act 1 before I moved on. And uh, I'm, I'm liking where the story's going, man. I still think all the characters are compelling and everything. Still enjoying my time with it. So it's not like, you know, it hasn't become like a drag. Nothing's like, oh, I got to do that again. Everything still feels really good and everything. So I'm still having a really fun time with it. Awesome. I am also playing Ghost of Tsushima, and I echo pretty much all those sentiments. My favorite thing so far is the uh, the mythic tales or whatever, like the kind of the supernatural, like the you know, legend. Yeah, the blue ones, like um, yeah. by far. Act one, and I have like Heavenly Strike, Armor of Ta- Tadayori, and the Bow of Uchitsune. <laughs> so yeah. so cool busy. man like I, I think those are neat i i'm kind of sad that there's only a few but uh but yeah i like that and um yeah i agree good good side quests like i'm like a sucker if you can you know most open world games like nail the meat and potatoes but like if you can make like your you know your side dishes so to speak like just as tasty like i think witcher did that really well then like i'm i'm there man i'll spend as much much time as possible like as long as it's interesting and i think they do that really well and it's pretty. Oh my god, it's such a pretty game. So, um, yeah, we'll all have to talk about this sometime. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing I'm going to start this weekend because I'm going out of town on vacation is Carrion. I got that on the Switch. I'm really excited. That's the Metroidvania where you like play as the monster, and you like it's free on Game Pass as well. So it's kind of like a SNES, like you know, 16-bit graphics. Um, so just imagine playing Super Super Metroid, except you're like a monster. Um, so that it looks really bloody and like fun and cool um i know adam who's not here tonight uh is like really big into it so if, yeah if you have game pass check it out i say go for it but i'm a sucker and i paid for it on my switch because i'm going to be out of town and i need something to play uh you can find me at uh rental rush on twitch and uh it's waterman on twitter and uh guys and lady um it has been a pleasure to sit here and talk last of us for two hours so thank you for um for coming and hang out tonight i appreciate it yep I, thanks for having me i could have said so much more as you could tell um yeah. and uh as my friend brent had uh said i wish i could have been part of the podcast i appreciate being given an opportunity to share my thoughts through charity and i hope to be invited again even though i couldn't make it to this one no we don't so. we definitely love uh, <laughs> having guests so um yeah hopefully we can get brent on sometime um, from Calgary, but uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate your uh, your ears, and uh, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. We appreciate that. Leave us a review if you have not already. Until next time, have a good day. <laughs>